Welcome back to the Social Distance Podcast. George is back with us this week. Uh, pleasure to have him. He's in good spirits as well, actually, surprisingly. After a big race block, we talk about how many race days he's had. He's leading the world to a rankings of race days. We talk about the guys such as Remco, Van Aert, bloody the rest of them that just race on a different planet to the rest of the world to a cyclist. Predictions for Flanders, predictions for Roubaix. We touched on how hard Tour of Catalonia was. Jonesy failed his driver's license. Like, share, subscribe. <laughs> Ken took a speed bump at 60k an hour. Yeah. <laughs> like, share, subscribe. Thanks for listening. Let's, let's just run the intro and wing it like we always do and see what comes out of it. Uh, let's get ready to rumble! Mm. Front kick. Just getting bored and dance for chat. My radar's going pretty hard at the moment, I think we should... Will you shut up, man? Person? That escalated quickly. Oh, We're going to need to get some more qualified guests on the show, eh? <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to the Social Distance Podcast with Sam Bewley and Dan Jones and yours truly. <laughs> um, I'll tell you what, boys. Woke up this morning and I wish I played a fucking skill-based sport. <laughs> so how much bigger would that be? Just playing oh, a yeah. skill-based sport. You just like, oh, I'm so tired. Played God. What? You pl- okay. You know? Yeah. Or chess. Oh, I woke up. Oh, my brain's a bit tired. Yeah. Darts. Yesterday. Darts oh, is the one. Yeah, well, I reckon darts wake up. I reckon darts. Of... Nah, those boys wake up worse than me. Oh, darts yeah. players wake up way worse than us. Hung, hung over and massive, hung. massively high cholesterol levels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they wake up with pain in their chest and a tingling in their left arm. <laughs> do, do they have darts in the Olympics? Is that an Olympic sport yet? It should be. I mean, for me, it's better than it's a <clears throat> it's a more qualified sport than rhythmic gymnastics or well, rock climbing. That was a fucking joke. No, nah, rock climbing's unreal. Yeah. That's just blokes like sprinting up walls. Yeah. It's not physical enough for the Olympics, is it? But Darts. Do they do, do they care about that anymore at the Olympics? Is not all about bums on seats? Mm. Like, nah. But just have the Olympics every year at Ali Pali and just have like 10,000 pissed up pommy hooligans dressed up. I reckon they'll get more bums on seats. There is a There is like an argument to be made about the Olympics about like – they should actually just have it in the same. We should just go back to Greece and have it in, yeah, in old Athens school. every year. Like it's on the dirt, and even yeah, even bring in some old school events like wrestling or tug of war or something. Just something real primitive. Like let's see who can pull. Let's see who can arm wrestle. Like who can mm. who has got a stronger bicep than that other bloke? And that's just what we love. Just like have you, Greek have you seen that sport slaps? <laughs> like the face yes. slaps. <laughs> That's got to, they got to shut that shit down. Yeah. Like that, that's next level. Because they've got women women as well. And I'm just like, uh, I've, I've got a pretty high threshold for garbage sports, but that's that's pushed me into the red zone. I can't watch it. I When I watch one of those boys take a hit, it actually just shakes me. It's fucking like, it's so visceral just watching this bloke just boof in the rebound and do the, the super slow-mo and you just see like his teeth oh. just sort of rebounding what, out the side what, and then what about that guy's whole face just dropped yeah. and then they, he was looking at the ref and the ref was sort of paused as if to go do we stop this are they still you coming they in the, the dude's <laughs> they, face is on the ground they'll never stop it though like they literally like they basically get knocked out and they fall and then someone grabs them and then they like as long as they can stand up again they're like right yeah I'm good and they just stand there and take another one <laughs> 
Do you think that they just get on like methamphetamine before they do that? You'd have to be, yeah. You'd have to be like no one in a normal state west of like Kiev would be keen to to engage in that sport. (laughs) But but, there's a few things to unpack here. How would you train for that sport? I mean, you just go lip off to people and just go, go on, hit me. Or like how do do you just have Well, this is one of those things I remember like um it's the whole, do you use your bullets to harden yourself or do you save your bullets? Like, I feel like in that sport, there's only so many hits you can take, right? So you yeah. almost go, I'm going to use all of my hits on race day. So never, like, protect the head at all costs and then just take, like, six massive doofs. Yeah. You just work on, yeah, I don't know. You probably just walk around with, like, weights hanging off your head to keep strength in the neck. I think the other the other approach is just train the hit so you try win the toss hit first and never yeah. ever have to take a hit yeah that's mm. it true there's also the other extreme sports that got that did get shut down like um like remember like world sauna champs yeah and then that I was bloke about died. To bring that up yeah yeah that was extreme i remember at one point like the commentators were getting all excited because they've been in there for like half an hour i mean they're pretty much slow cooking a leg of pork and they were sitting there like shivering and the guy like snot was coming out I'm like when are they going to call this and then the sheep went up it was over the grand final <laughs> what, Jesus. what are people that's saying, actually mate? the worst big Hum- sport just a camera like just what are we going to learn let's, yeah let's just see like like the spectators what nothing is happening it's two blokes sitting there seeing which one dies first that's right just like, exactly like you say just cooking happened. Yeah, and then afterwards they were like, "No, we're gonna have to like they were gutted like we we almost like we should have known." It's like no shit. Put two guys in a sauna, and he's literally snot was pouring out. He was pink as fucking. If you asked me yesterday, though, if they if you said to me after about a hundred k yesterday, you can sit in a sauna and see how you go, or you can do another four laps of Montjuic on Tour of Catalonia. I would have taken the sauna any day, any day of the week. Well, you took the you took the even better option. You didn't do either. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, what happened? Did oh, you pull out helped. on the last on the last day? Did you pull out? Nah, emotionally I did. <laughs> well, you are. That was a hard hey, day. Hey, <clears throat> you got to say a shout out, Bules, to George because he is leading the UCI World Tour at the moment for number of race days. Mm. He's, 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 he's leading by the length of the straight. I don't think he's. <laughs> That's the only time I've got near the front this year. Just yeah, some 34, race days. Thirty-four race days this year already. That's a lot of race days. And by March, end of March. That's a yeah. lot, eh? Yeah. That's that's probably double what I've ever done to this point in my life. I'd say. That's a, yeah. What, what, what is close the record? To double. What would be the record? I think we could look oh, that up. Oh, that that's got to be the record, short for, for oh, this time of year. Be close, like but in the old school. But the old days, they used to do like 120 race days a year. Oh, okay. Old school, they go close. Old I mean, the school, thing is, like in modern cycling, the last let's say the last ten years, like probably the, probably like every year, someone does like around 30 by the end of March. Do you know what's easier now? Because you do the Saudi Grand, you do the um, <coughs> the Asian Grand Tour, you know, in sort of Oman, Saudi Arabia, UAE. Muscat Classic, all those that that gives you like because that's what Hippie did, and he's getting oh he did a few of them. He did UAE at least, and mm. he like a, like the Grand Tour in the in the desert gets you pretty far on race days. But the problem is when you start it down under, 
And then you've got like Nationals, Cadells, and then you just go overnight to Europe, do that stuff. Um, one, year I, yeah. one year I did um, Down Under, Lankawi. What did I do? Down Under, Lankawi, Catalonia, Flanders, oh, Roubaix, Giro, Swiss. That's a lot, eh? Yeah. And I had, then Vuelta. Nah, I think I had like 70 race days or something by the end of May or by the end of June. Mm, and yeah, then but, I did then I did like you, eight race days for the rest of the year. If you're going for the record, you want to do the stage races just back to back because the if you're Yeah, that's when you get flicked. Guys who do the classics. Yeah, you don't get Yeah, you're credit. gone for eight days. I reckon there should be another classification they have where it's like days away from home. Mm. Yeah. And they just and it's like because like some guys get three race days, but they go do like you say, Flanders. Shoulder Price and Roubaix, and they're gone for mm. they're gone for like two weeks. Yeah, we should we should have our own social distance podcast rider award for the rider who is away for the most days of the year. The rider who hates his wife the most, or who's yeah. Wife. You must have done some days away, Jonesy, back in the early days of Greenwich, because oh, you basically yeah, that, didn't, you didn't even you didn't have I a didn't home, have a so home. you'd almost say Australia was home. So you would you must have done like three hundred days away. Yeah, I was uh, homeless, Dan, that first yeah. year. Remember, I, I lived with Brian Nygaard for four days, and he kicked me out. Like I was going, I was going <laughs> to live with him do? and Luca. Oh, I pissed with the door open. Apparently, you don't do that in Italy. <laughs> <laughs> like he was offended, and he's like, "Dude, dude," and then it caused this argument. And then he's like, "Dude, this is just not going to work out." And I was like, "Oh no, shit! I'm you fucking on my nerves already." And so yeah, Wait, we split. This this is not you didn't get kicked out for pissing with the door open. This is like the straw of the camel's back. You'd done yeah, something you committed issue, horrific yeah. crimes for There's the first three days. Look, you know, back in those days I wasn't in great nick. I probably wasn't up for, you know, any sort of exercise or I was a bit of a sloth, didn't really have a routine. Um probably yeah, didn't really have much going for me. So I don't mm. know if I really added much. Other so than Brian was like, oh, what, what do you go? What's the plan today, Jonesy? What should we do? Oh, probably just watch a few movies. Yeah, probably surfaced at like 11. <laughs> you know, like he's already been up for four or five hours. He's probably thinking, ah, this guy's just a pig. Especially Brian, because he's like such, he's such a foodie as well. Like he would have been like, oh, what oh yeah. Tonight? Should we get some like um, baked artichokes with a bit of Romesco sauce oh, and like a mate. nice bottle of vinegar? You're like, oh, no, I should get some Maccas. Oh, or I, remember, or I remember I, was, I wasn't like rolling in cash. I was pretty much living on the bones. And uh, he goes, dude, dude, do you want to go out for lunch? I go, yeah, sweet. Drop like fucking 60 euro on some pasta dish with some rare wine just for lunch. I'm thinking, shit. Uh, uh, this is not sustainable. This lifestyle, yeah. Is this by day four? Like I was just eating garlic bread. What's that? This bloke doesn't yeah. sound very Italian. No, I got. No, he's Danish. He's Danish. Oh yeah, that'd be why. That'd be he probably why, listens yeah. to the show as well. When no, we're going to try and get him, yeah. yeah, he's a great guy. When we're going to try and get him on one day, we should have got him on for this chat. We were. We yeah. were. Oh, he would have. He would have laid the boots in for sure. He would yeah. have had another version and he would have given you the four reasons that broke the straw that broke the camel's back. Yeah. But um yeah, no, I think I think we should have like the the bad husband award for the year. Like the person who's away. Absentee the father time. of the year. Absent yeah. yeah, we should and we should just like make a donation to the guy's p- kids. No, we're well, we just we, get a t-shirt made award. great writer great writer shit father. Great writer shit dad. <laughs> shit husband. <laughs> well they just call it chronically fatigued shit father. <laughs> yeah. 
And then the award should be like a present for the misses and kids. Like they don't yeah. see shit. We just a get holiday. stuff for yeah for the family. We should get them like an inscription to one of those like Big Brother programs. You know, like for like oh, yeah. orphans. <laughs> I like yeah. the college kids. Like off the Simpsons. We'll give his wife a trip to the Maldives when the husband's home. That's right. Oh yeah. He can look after the kids. <clears throat> yeah. Perfect. We'll speak to Jace. Yeah. Miller Resorts. <laughs> the shit husband award. They'll be all for it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I can but see yeah, that I, I, a lot of tra- I don't understand why that wouldn't get any support, that awards category. I think, George, you should look at what sort of popularity Adam Hansen got for doing back-to-back grand tours because everyone's going, oh, this is just insane. That'll never be replicated. I think you've got a real chance here to set a record for race days that will never be broken. But he, yeah, but I was going to bring him up. Like he, that, those consecutive years where he did all three grand tours, I mean, it's still a lot of race days, but I don't think he did an absurd amount of race days because he didn't race no, that I think he much. Did it really smart. smart. That's yeah. smart. But I remember talking to someone about this, and apparently he had a theory that it's like he's like you lose the same thing we we're talking about. But he's like you lose a lot in travel, not just like one day races, but like if you go to Catalonia or whatever World Tour Stage race, you travel two days before and you generally can't get home that night. So if you just do sixty three race days with six travel days. Mm. By doing all three grandies, that's unreal. That's really good. Whereas the problem he got is, the... is like, there's this moment that comes right. Like I don't know, it's definitely different for GC riders, and it happens to me if I blow up. But like, it happened to me this week because I was, um, I was riding. I was. I actually came to Europe riding quite well. Right, you know, did did the start of the year well. Everything was going really well. Awesome training. Actually, had really good shape. And then like. I just was on the road, on the road, and it kind of, I don't know, I ended up just getting worse and worse. And for the first time, I got into this, like, hole where I was like, oh, man, I'm actually, like, really, really fatigued here. And then you get this, like, sense of dread when you realize it. Like, it, realized, it happened to me, like, sort of two or three days into Catalonia when I sort of look at the roadbook and went, shit, there's four days left. And it's like this, this sudden, like, survival, like, shit. I'm actually in, and suddenly in a real bad nick, and I've got to do these four days because until that point, everything was all right, you know. And then um, it kind of dawned on me like this must have been what it was like every day for like a non-climber who, who's looking at an uphill start, going, "Oh shit, that mm. that's a real red flag here." And like I've never had like a sense of sort of dread in bike racing unless I'm really shit. And then on the last day, like I was, I was. Woke up really fatigued. The team's been awesome. They've been like, right, you, mate, you just need to look after yourself. You've got a bit of a break after this. Um, you got like three days off, mate. You're going to be sweet. <laughs> but you like, got a massive break. Just... You've done 34 days. We'll give you three days off racing. And then, yeah, mate, you'll be sweet. I got, I got a good two weeks, which is pretty – two weeks at this time of year is very rare. Not many guys get two weeks off right now. But the um, – the 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 dread that I had, you know, when I'm looking at this uphill sp- start, I was like, guys must have this every day of a grandie. So like Adam Hansen might have got to like stage five of a grand tour and just got this realized like, oh shit, I've got the creep, got a case of the cron, and then he's like, yeah. Imagine him staring down the barrel of being of that, and you got 15 days left. Like for me, yeah. having three or four days left and realizing I was in that state was bad enough. And then you see the uphill start, and normally like an uphill start, you're like. 
yep. all about it. And you kind of hope that the break doesn't go on the 10K flat before it goes uphill because you're hoping maybe, you know, a bit of spice, something could happen on the uphill start. And on the last day, I was just in fear when I realized the break wasn't going before that uphill start going. Oh. The worst I saw of that <laughs> was um, Swain Tuft at the end of the 2013 Tour de France. And it was one of those tours where, you know, you want to finish. You want to be there at the Champs because that was the tour that they had the jersey and, you know, won a couple of stages and Swain was a big part of that. But those last four days when he was clearly struggling and, you know, bigger sort of musclier dude, I knew he was fucked. He's like just one of those guys that just goes dead quiet. Like, and you talk to him about whatever and nothing, not even a smirk. And then, you know, like, I've got to get grabs. And I felt bad, like, hey, Swain, can I get a quick grab? And he literally, in the politest way, he's like, nah, man. Nah, I've I, I got nothing, man. Can you just, I was like, okay, I'll I read it. Yep, no worries, mate. Just leave me alone. And he, he did a potty. And then you just uh, cut that up and put that in yeah. as the head. Oh, yeah, yeah. You cut that and made that the main thing. Swain is yeah, fucked. Yeah. Can he make it? Yeah. Slow mo, then crash zoom in. Like, yeah, with the emotional music. It was all in there. But, yeah, yeah. I used to feel yeah. terrible. Well, you would have loved that start on stage stage six at Catalonia then, George. I had, I was I was at Catalonia as well in the driving the team car. And it's been a long time since I've seen a start like that. You don't get starts any longer than that. Eh? It took 95K for the break to go, 95K. And then the best thing about that was it was like a pretty hard start. Like it wasn't an – Obviously, you can't have a 95k climb, but the the roads was, were tending uphill, so it wasn't easy. There was a lot of like three or four k, like you know, drags that were hard, and the break was just going, going because everyone thought it was going to be a breakaway day. But there was a couple of teams, including ourselves, that had the plan to go like full gas on the last climb, 25k to go to try and get rid of some of the sprinters. So for Corbin, so like we were we were trying to control the break with a couple of other teams, <clears throat> and then so it took 95k to go for the break to go. Then it finally went. And then when the when the break went, it was thirty five of forty k until the bottom of that climb, and then they got to one minute, and then the sprint teams just started riding, and it was just like ninety five k fight to get in the break on the stage. I thought the break was going to win, and they got they got finally went, and they got they got given maximum gap of one minute, and they spent thirty five k up the road, and they got caught. <laughs> I've seen that once before in the same race, in uh, I think I think Giro or MP one stage into Vals in Catalonia, like two thousand seventeen. I was there. I was on that stage. And 100k for the break to go. The break was away for 20 minutes. And they just, they just, the break literally got like 30 seconds. I think Mitchelson started riding. You probably started riding. And then I like how we're both looking. If you're wondering what we're both looking at, our girlfriends are partners, wives, whatever. Make a noise. Both going riding together and they're both leaving at the same time. <laughs> I was thinking, are they no, in I, sync? I keep like, muting my both at the same time. Hannah's got this real bad habit. She's looking at me now, like where she puts her cycling shoes on for like fifteen minutes before she leaves, and like, <laughs> see that and was a classic. Some, that was a classic example just river dance. of just bad use of English. So you never use the phrase "Hannah's got this real bad habit" because it doesn't matter what you say after that in front of her. It's it's gonna not be good. No, nah, you yeah. just you, you take the bad habit out and just go. Yeah, Hannah, you know, she puts her shoes up, just gets straight into it. She's gone now. Well, or you should have said that after she left. Because then she get away. Either yeah. way, damn if I do, damn if I don't. Shoot from the hip. 
Oh, she's back. You just, you just kicking the can down the road. <laughs> she's <it. laughs> Yeah, it's game on. Um, hey, Bills, yeah. I've got to ask you. I've got to ask you about a photo, and uh, I don't know how much you can talk about, but I've I've had some spies on the ground. They've sent me a snap. I just want clarification. <laughs> There's you and a photo of a guy in a high vis. I don't know if he's a photographer or a motorbike or a cop, but then when I look at a closer examination of your face, I've seen that face before. That's not a face that I like. That's Sam into the red zone. You're listening, That's but you're fear, waiting to right? say, yeah, you're waiting to say something. And if you've taken Kenny's advice, you've got about 83 cents in shrapnel in your left fist ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> What's going the reason, on? The reason for that face was, so that was a commissaire, motorbike commissaire after the stage. And the reason for that face was because I knew I'd made, you know, like push some boundaries. But I also at the same time, I knew that, he'd made a mistake and he knew he'd made a mistake. So I went for the like real intimidating stare just to try to make him feel a little bit more uncomfortable. Like, Oh, I'm going to have to own up to my mistake as well. Rather than and you've just got him on height too, which, is, which yeah. is good. Yeah. 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 And you've, yeah. you've gone hands on hips. You've tried to make yourself as big as possible here <laughs> just to establish yeah. that you're that, the offer in the situation. Yes. Yeah. I've gone That's for like the, a peacock with its feathers out. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I don't know, what, what did out. you do? What did you well, do? Or what did he do? <clears throat> I probably did what what most people do. I don't know. I don't know. It was my first time in this situation, but I was just trying to get a ride. One of our riders back on who had a mechanical at a bad time on a downhill, and the commissaries were like trying to stop me, but mm. I was just going. But then they made a barrage at the wrong time, so they thought that our rider was dropped rather than uh, had a, actually had a mechanical. So they barraged him. And then I went like hard up on them and like on the horn. And then the guy came out of the roof. He's like, what are you doing? I was like, he had a mechanical. And then, then they were like, ah, shit, sorry. Because you don't barrage guys who had mechanicals. So yeah. then they're like, oh, we shouldn't have barraged. So then they opened the, the convoy again. But by then it was too late. So he couldn't come back. And they didn't let you through. No, they, didn't, they like barraged all the cars. So then, but then like earlier on, I don't even really remember. It was a bit of a blur. It was a bit of a gnarly descent. And then I, uh, so he came over to say like, oh, firstly, he, he he actually came over to apologize for making the barrage. And then he was like, oh, but you also did this and this. And he goes, oh, but we won't, he goes, so we won't find you. We'll forget about what you did because we made him a barrage by mistake. So it's, it's one all. <laughs> I was like, oh, right. whatever. I said, so I would have rather taken the fine and had a ride a bit. But the, 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 the worst the thing about it was, I, I like it. Oh, was coming down this descent and I had to ride it behind the car and I was going like 70k an hour down this descent and then all of a sudden in front of us was the speed bump like one of those oh. one of those speed bumps oh, that yeah. like you are, are made of hazard yeah to go over yeah. at only like 20k an hour and I was going like yeah. 70 and I was like I just have to commit here and yeah. I just hit the speed bump and I was literally off the ground like the guy, our guy behind us was, he said, he goes, I could see the gap between the road and your car. It was all four wheels off the ground. Like, and the worst thing was on the other side of the roundabout, on the other side of the Jadabar speed bump was a roundabout. So as soon oh. as I hit the ground, I had to turn like hard left and the car was just like, it was, it was a pretty dicey moment. I remember when I was first learning to drive, my brother told me like, they put these, they've got these things called the switchbacks and there's like these three hills and people used to like launch off the top of them. So they put these speed bumps in there. And my brother told me like, oh, actually, it's way worse if you go slow. You've got to hit them 
reasonably fast and you don't feel them, you know, because it's all about like the freak, the the sort of wavelength of your car and the, you know, and, and if you, if you basically hit it while the front's going up and the, you know, you time it right, there's a sweet spot and it's, it's quite a specific sweet spot. It's like, if you hit them at 20k an hour, it's like the front bumper scratches, the back scratches. If you hit them at like 55, you don't even feel them. If you hit them at 60, you basically ride off your car. And oh. I remember the first time lining one up, he's like, yeah, yeah, just go fast. Like it's like it's way smoother. Boom. Front of the car, my old Subaru Impreza, boom for. My dad felt- had the same theory. I remember the first time I ever witnessed my dad with the same theory. I was sitting in the back seat of his Toyota Hilux. We just left McDonald's after playing water polo or something. And I was holding like the 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 cup holder, you know, with the Cokes in it. Yeah. <laughs> and he was just like coming into the speed bump. And I was like, uh, uh, Dad, I want to drink these hit Cokes. It fast, mate. I don't want to swim in them. <laughs> and he just hit it at warp speed. But he hit it at the sweet spot. Like he nailed it. My dad, he'd nailed it. Oh, he nailed it. Yeah, I nailed it. Now, hey? It was yeah. just like, yeah. it was just <clears throat> muscle memory. You just hear like a... And it was just like I was like, oh, that was smooth. So I sort of took the same theory into the stage six of through Catalonia and didn't work the out other the way. same. Yeah, I so um, I take the, the car back I've, later today and check for check for damage. I failed my driver's license first crack, and it was teed up. My parents were going away that weekend, and it was like oh, I'm going to get the car, and once you get the car, you get freedom. And yeah, I fucking cut someone off at the lights. They were taking ages, and then I was like, ah, oh, fuck, I'm just going for it. And then the guy said, oh, can you pull in like around the corner? This is in sale near the Lake Guthridge. And I thought that's when we were doing the reverse park. I thought, fuck, I've, I've nailed this. And then he, and then when we pulled over, he goes, can you turn the ignition off? I thought, that's oh, not good. No. He goes, uh, who was meant to give way back there at the lights? And I go, oh, I was, but they were taking ages coming out of the car wash. There was no danger there. He goes, no, you were meant to give way. That's where the test ended. He goes, Trevor. Drive us back to the like big roads. I had to fucking get out of the car and old Lizard was walking his dog around the lake and he knew I was going for the test. <laughs> and he just goes, JJ! Like, yeah, I've got the, like, I've passed. I had to do the head shake, get into the driver's seat and get driven back to Vic Roads. Like, oh, the drive no. of shame. Ah, oh, it was fucked, man. Yeah. So that then I can like get another one test for feelings. Month, it's, yeah. it's like a real specific fear, the driving test fear. Like, it's something that, like, as you talk about it, I can really remember it. Like mm. it, it's such a specific fear. And yeah. it's like weird how you have those like specific feelings about something. Like this morning I went down to um I went down to this stationery shop to pick up a package that was meant to be dropped off there for me. And I walked in and I saw all the new books, like pencils, pens, everything like this. And I got mm. this like crazy feeling. I was like, this is a feeling that it's a very, very specific feeling that only existed once in my once a year for like 10 years of my life and it was the day you got new stationery. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that feeling? Oh, yeah. And, then and I was just like, uniform. this is this is so specific. And I was like, this is my year. I'm keeping my books clean. I'm, I'm going to laminate the front covers. And just seeing all the stationery, I was like, I just want to buy some stationery. I nearly walked out of there with like three AB7s. <laughs> AB7s. <laughs> Those old chestnuts. Did you guys finish year 12? Did you or were you cycling? You pissed off school. No, no, no I, I finished school. Yeah, yeah. I went to eat weird, my lunch, year, weird year thirteen in in New Zealand. though. did one more year. It's why New Zealand's a bit more educated. Mm. Yeah, right. No, hang on. We do prep. <laughs> As goes prep one, two, three. You you count prep you or your first years? 
You got, so no, we do intermediate. What's so intermediate is two years. Mm. Prep, What's prep? So you, so you do kinder, and then you do prep, and then year one, year two, right up to year 12, and you finish in year 12. Yeah, we do kindergarten, and then we do new entrance, and then we do year one, two, through to 13. Yeah, so it's the same, George. You don't do an extra year. What are you talking yeah. about? How old are you when you start school? Uh, five. How old are you when you leave school? 18. See, we do an extra year. We're living with 20. You live when you're... Tw- Bullshit. <laughs> I was going to say, you and got We do real, we do real good maths because 18 <laughs> yeah. plus one is 20. <laughs> I, I still remember, like, did you, with your year 12 exams, did you have, like, a two-week period where you had to cram all your study in? They used to call it SWAT back yeah. in Australia. Oh, we call so it... The, what two Swamp power weeks? SWAT. Isn't that what SWAT you get back. when you sit in a hot car? Swamp <laughs> ass. <laughs> Swamp ass. Yeah, they call it swamp ass. It's like two weeks <laughs> where you study. Um, and I remember the first the first day I did it, I went to Target in sale, and they had Sony Playstations on sale for like eighty bucks one day only. And I remember thinking to myself, Ah, oh, fuck, better not. Like, I better not. And sure enough, I fucking got it. So instead of cramming study that night, I was breaking 100 meter records because it came with like the Olympics game. This is like 99. It must have been left over from a couple of years earlier. Where it was like, remember the two buttons to do the 100 meter sprint? I never I was played just that game. playing that. Oh, it's awesome. Oh. I was playing that fucking nonstop. Anyway, I bombed out year 12. Got in fucking heaps of shit. I got a UG on Cat 3, which means ungraded, like a zero. Hmm. My dad, I'd had to tell my dad, oh, they were still marking it. Don't worry, the results are coming in. They're still marking it. He goes, what are you talking yeah, about? They marked everyone's, everyone's fucking great. And then Baz Fosbury is sitting next to me. He goes, ah, oh, no, Emu, that means he got a UG, which is a zero. Basically means like he didn't even get a score. So, oh, yeah, thanks, Baz. <laughs> fucking straight <laughs> under the bus. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> you talk about cold sweats. I'm thinking about those fucking chats. <laughs> After that, <laughs> all's well that ends well. Cold sweats as well. Do you reckon, like taking this back to cycling? Do you reckon does the rest of the peloton these days just get the cold sweats when they see either Van Aert or Roglic or Remco on a start line? Yeah. Because, like, if you look at what happened in the two races yesterday, stage seven of Tour pog. of Catalonia, it's all the pog, stage seven of Tour of Catalonia, and Ghent Wivelgem. What happened in those two races was there was a whole bunch of bike riders racing what you would call racing as how racing normally is, how racing normally has been in the past. Hard, but there's like, you know, the level's quite close. There's like 10 or 15 guys on a hard circuit or on Gent Wevelgum and the shit where they're fighting against each other. And then there's two guys just like on another fucking planet two minutes up the road. Mm. Like, Gent Wevelgum. <coughs> you know what people resign for now? Nah. Yesterday I saw in Catalonia, I didn't get to see Gent Wevelgum. I was thinking about watching a replay. It sounded like a hell of a race. But um, in the, in Catalonia, what I saw is that third was winning. You know what I mean? Like, so people went, all right, you guys piss off, mm. you two, because, and, and there was like, for sure, for the first five days, we tried to beat those guys, 100%. They had every intention of trying to beat them. But then by the last day, it was like, all right, well, no, like normally if two guys went away on that on that circuit, there would be a concerted chase from like three or four teams would get together and be like, right, we'll put some guys up. You put some guys up. Uh, people went, ah, oh, well, they're already first and second. And B, what the fuck are we going to do about it? You know what I mean? Mm. Like, 
Yeah, like when they attacked on the climb, Remco and Roglic attacked on that climb with like four laps to go on the Montjuic circuit in Barcelona. Like Soler, okay, Soler did a good effort to follow, but eventually he was found out and he was dro- got dropped from them because they're too fast. Mm. But like no one else, like you could, you could sit back and go, oh, why don't like just like we knew they were going to go, just follow them. But the reality is people just, all the other guys just go, we, we actually can't. Can't. Like mm. we just can't. Soler was in such good shape and he was so strong. It was pretty crazy. I've been seeing all the numbers, you know, because our guys got third, Joao got third on that stage. Um, but you, you see the calculations that you see guys on Twitter, they're doing calculations about like climbing speeds and stuff. And there's basically a way of quantifying how good a performance was by like how many vertical meters in an hour they climb. So there's VAM, people that don't know it. Anyway, so they reckon that that was the, the best watts per kilo effort ever. Oh, not ever. Since Pantani on, um, was it on like, um, what's the one in Swiss? I can't remember. Anyway, or in or one of the Giro stages, but best 20 minute ever since 2000 and well, on that uh, 1999. Stage, on that stage five climb. On low port. It was yeah. ideal conditions. I mean, it was an easy stage. It was like a perfectly linear climb, quite steep, but not too steep. Everything was like, like I remember in 2017, I looked at when I, I was like, I think I was in, I was in the GC that year. I was in the top 10. I don't remember what I was on the stage, but I was in the top 10 on GC and I did some of my, I did good numbers and was, it was, and it was at that moment, it was a really good performance from the guys like from the Valverde I think who won so it was a perfect condition for it but these guys went a minute faster but guys were doing like the guys that lost like a minute to the to Rimco and Roglic that day on Le Port they were doing like six and a half watts per kilo for 25 minutes yeah 6.7 to win 6.7 watts per kilo for 25 minutes to win that's insane I mean in training the 20 minute test it, there's people at home I know I just know there's people at home going oh I'm going to do 6.5 alright mate do you yeah. like do you do it after five stages after Fuck 180k <laughs> you fucking you fucking idiot <laughs> I love it when George makes these statements because all I'm thinking is Sam's brain going well there's the teaser <laughs> you, know, you know he does those little promos with the audio. Oh, yeah. You just drove <laughs> me just under gets, the bus with those. Yeah. He just, just gets those and goes, "All right, yeah. fucking, here's a bus coming." What did GB say? Yeah. <laughs> as soon as as soon as GB goes into the red, it's like his brain goes, "Here's the promo." Nah, but, but I've sort of dumbed you know down a bit do? those because the problem with those promos is like when you when you see what just ha- that like statement there, yeah, in context. If you're watching or listening to the show, you can see the jovial side of it. Yeah. You know, like no one's it's not a, it's not offensive. But if you just yeah. take the like the 10 second snippet. snippet and chuck it out there, it's like, oh, oh yeah. Fuck Whoa, that who's Do you know what's dangerous for us in the future? There's enough of our voices and images on the internet, right? Videos of us, images, and, and, and just like they have a certain amount of hours of our voices that we are gonna be absolute candidates for this this AI. deep fakes. Have you deep seen fake. the photos, the deep fake photos? You seen oh, this yeah. one of Trump being arrested? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're real good. Fuck. I and, did and I chat- got I got on deep fake and I tried, I thought, well, I'll jump in on this. I went to that site that was doing it all. And I thought yeah. to myself, well, I'm a big fan of Banksy's art. So why don't I do one that says um Trump <laughs> in the style of Banksy? And this is what it spat out. Like, gave me those. 
four. Like, no um, way. You just typed yeah. that in. I just typed that in. And so it gave me all these options. It's so always good for people on the audio audio platform. Yeah, that's right. But, Basically, it's four half-decent paintings of Trump like, in the style of Banksy. You know how like the we're also candidates for like if any of us ever end up in like this high, powerful position in jobs, which we probably never will, but let's say you became like no, the CEO go. of some like massive company and like you know how a lot of the people were getting fired or having to quit jobs because like they went to like a party in 1997 dressed as like Prince or something. Yeah. And they're like, oh, mm. Michael Jackson or something. It's like, oh, blackface. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we're yeah. massive candidates for like doing something a little like just like marginally wrong in the high powerful position and then they just pull up the podcast and they just go like, look, these guys are fucking Or it, it could go the other way. Like, you know, in those Hollywood movies where that one boss who owns the whole thing some bloke tries to throw you under the bus by going, hey, Sam, I've got this audio that, and he plays it to the board, but the boss loves it. And he goes, ha ha, like he laughs at that gag and you get promoted and it's an even happier Or the, or the, C, the CEO walks into the meeting with a merch hat on. Yeah, or he goes, yeah. like, how funny is that bit like shaving your nose hairs and your bum hole? Like that, you can't script that. Yeah. He's a race. He's like, I've been using Manscaped for years since that, since that promo. Yeah. You guys yeah. run some strange hypotheticals, eh? <laughs> So speaking of Manscaped, what's the latest? They just flying off the shelves, Bills? I think so, yeah. Eight million people worldwide. And this is a, this is crazy. I remember when we first ran the ad for them, it was six million worldwide. They've gained two million. Yeah. Probably largely down to the the, the butt trim and nose here situation. Mm, yeah. Yeah. And where where are we at with the uh show name? Have we, Nowhere we at the moment? We've I, had a I lot like, of good suggestions though. I like the good, cycle. I'm a big fan of changing show. it though. The cycling shit show. I think it's simple and it's exactly what we are. It's a shit show. Mm. From the get-go. Yeah, the cycling shit show. Who suggested that? We'll give them a shout-out. But we, I think we just narrowed it down to four, as we said we'd do last time. And we've got no no update because we've been busy. But I think we narrowed it down I've to four. I've been offline for a rich- month. But let's, we'll stick around after the show and have a, have a chat. Do you know what I'm finally getting around to doing today? Is... Um, when I lost my bike and I put it on Twitter and some people helped me find it, I was like, yeah, I'll send you some stuff. That was two and a half months ago. So I finally today, I'm like, right, I'm home, going to the posty, sending these blokes mm. some stuff. Oh, good on you, good mate. Enough. So you're a man of your word. So who who's going to win? Um, let's do some Tour of Flanders predict- predictions then because that's next Yeah, because this will – wait, what races will be on before the next step? We'll Flanders our, is this weekend. Our next step will be after Roubaix. Oh, all right. Flanders and okay. Roubaix. I reckon Van Aert's going to win Flanders. Or a wild card that's not, Rem- a, not a huge wild Remco card. Is Remco like, riding it? Nah. nah. Pogacar will go close. Is he, he's doing it, I guess. Pog doing it? Yeah, Pog, Pog for Flanders, Walt for Roubaix. But do you know who else I reckon for Flanders is a potential winner? Like a little bit of a... Left, not left field, but like a chance is Ghana, Felipe Ghana. No, didn't he drop himself yesterday? I thought he was out. Oh, is he? He's oh, he hurt himself day, for sure. He's the modern day Cancellara, Ghana. Yeah. But like he's going as well at the mm. moment. Man, he's lean. Holy shit. But I reckon, I reckon Van out. I'm calling Van out for Flanders. She's going like, out in a limb, mate. <clears throat> Both of you guys go on out on a limb. 
That is a huge. Well, I thought you were going to say something like, like oh. in the show. Like it's like there's world tour cycling and there's universe tour cycling, and these like there's these four or five guys that just are operating in the they're just in orbit. <laughs> well, it's then actually, let's talk about the real race for third. Yeah, yeah. okay. Let's talk about third. Who's <laughs> Who's going to be real the winner in Flanders? Yeah. Do you know who I reckon is going to have to be people's good? People's champion someone from Quickstep. Yeah. Because I read this thing, this comment that Lefebvre said, and man, this guy's this guy writes a great column. Because yeah. he, he was talking <laughs> about their performance. If he's six wines in, no, but the, the best level. was he goes, they're talking about like, I think it was E3 they were talking about, and he's like, the only good thing about yesterday was what I had for lunch at the hotel. <laughs> and I was like... <laughs> Oh, he'd hate it I if he's it not great. chalking up a bankroll of massive wins. He just gets no, shit. I, I, like I feel like Quick Step have got to be good. That they they're a classics team. Mm. Belgium. Someone they'll they'll pull it out. Lampart or Askren. Do you know what I hear Askren? I just think of a South African saying ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> Daryl Limpy asking for an ice cream. <laughs> play that George that's funny mate you're back two weeks off he's back it's been filthy yeah, right, weather in Belgium though eh yeah wonderful yeah, thing yeah, continue terrible. through anyway boys that's about all I've got to offer so right eh? like share subscribe any nuggets of wisdom before we go Bills no it was another you know loosely based cycling show I think we touched on cycling for about Seven minutes of the forty-five, so it's good Cycling to be keeping the tradition. The hoop group, it's my mates, you know Scott Murphy, he suggest, suggested that. That's a good one, hoop group. Yeah, maybe too related to basketball though. Yeah, I was thinking it was too related to bum holes. <laughs> well, then it's even, it's perfect. Just slides <laughs> in with Manscape. Three assholes. <laughs> Manscape presents the hoop group. <laughs> perfect. All right. Yeah. See you soon. All right. All right. All right.